Same shirt. Oh, no. <laughs> and I was probably in that picture, too. I was a kid. Same shirt. I'm, like, psyching us up for the vision. and like, let's do this. You get nice shirt, Matt. Uh, it, it, is, it is really, you know... We have been really intentional to spend the last few years on some of the internal stuff within in this room and, and getting things set, but I got to tell you as a pastor, I am much more, I am more excited about as we start to focus outward as a church. I, I am excited to focus outward and meet some of the needs in the community and going to be encouraging us and seeing what God builds up through us over this next year as, as we really do um, and we're going to do some training and some encouragement, but as we focus out, seeing God's work through us in the communities and neighborhoods where we live. So it's exciting, huh? Now is the time where you can get your rubber band and shoot me. No, don't. <laughs> but you can get your rubber band. You're going to need a few things, actually, today. You're going to need a Bible. You're going to need that rubber band. Uh, you might want to have something to take notes on. If you're visiting, we're glad you're here. If you're joining us online, I'm really glad that you're a part of this morning and today. Uh, Leo Tolstoy wrote a short story, which almost seems like an oxymoron. Like the guy writes, like his short story is probably 400 pages. But Leo Tolstoy wrote a short story of a guy named, uh, this character named Father Sergius is the name of the short story. And it's about a man who is, is, is a favored guy. He, he's got all of this. He was born in sort of luxury, and he starts living this life and accomplishing a bunch. And, and, then, and then some things happen in his life, and he says, you know what? I think this direction I'm going is not what I really long for. I, th I think instead I, I desire like a, a life of holiness and, and, and shifting my life. So in this fiction story... This man then changes his name, becomes Father Sergius, goes to uh, a monastery and, and is a Catholic experience and becomes a priest. But as he becomes a priest, he says, no, there's too many people around and they keep, they keep messing me up. Amen. And so, so he goes further away and he says, I'm going to live in isolation and devote myself to prayer and fasting that I, that I may be holy. And so he goes off and he's, he is alone. He's kind of sequestered out in the wilderness six miles away from anybody. And prayer and fasting and seeking this you know, life of, of giving out that he may become holy. But he continues to struggle with doubt, a lot of doubts, and lust. And wouldn't you know it, one day he gets a knock at his door. And it's this woman. And it's this woman with sort of malintent. And she comes in. And he, he, first, he doesn't want to let her in. No, 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 no. And then she comes in and, and, and says, oh, it's so cold out here. It's freezing. Please let me in. She, he lets her in. Oh, I'm so cold. He said, I just got to, my feet are wet. I've got to take off my boots. And he exposes her feet. And, uh, and Father Sergius is like, no. No. And so he is like backed up in his room, try, trying not to look. He's kind of behind a door, not look. And burning inside of him 
is this desire for this woman. And burning inside of him is this no. Like, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not giving myself to these fleshly impulses. And no. And, and he's like, and, and she, I mean, it's a, it's a story and it's making a point. But she's like, I'm so cold. I need to take my shirt off. I mean, she's like going for him. She's like, she's going for him. And he's like, no. And, and he's like, I'm going, I'm, I'm going to go in the room. I'm going to go in the room. She's like, come in here. No, come in here. Yes, no, come in here. He grabs an axe, puts his hand out, boom, cuts off his finger. Says the finger goes, boom, 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 onto the floor. Because he is, he is burning with this desire in him, and he cuts his finger off, and then the blood starts streaming out, and he grabs a rag, and he walks out. And, she, and she's like, oh, oh. What have you done? And with his desires, with his flesh, with his temptation, he had to go to extreme measures. In this short story by Tolstoy that's fictional, but because he was at war within himself, and what he wanted, and what he wanted, grab your rubber band. I brought a whole bag, too, in case y'all are going to start shooting me. It's coming back. <laughs> Grab your rubber band like this. He was at war in himself. Tension between what he wanted and what he wanted. One direction in his life he wanted to go and another direction in his life that he wanted to go. He was at war within himself. Feel the tension. Last week, Jeremy, thank you, you uh, Jeremy taught last week and did an excellent job, man, he's got a great gift of teaching, and Jeremy spoke to us of freedom, the call to freedom, the command to love, and a caution of infighting, and in this pursuit of personal freedom, the freedom to live as we were created, we have to recognize, we have to recognize that we are at war within ourselves. That we live in a tension. I have a genuine desire to put others, other people's needs ahead of my own. And I am so selfish. And, and I like it my way. I, I genuinely want to listen to other people who have different opinion or perspective like in a non-judgmental way, like genuinely listen, and I get triggered and ticked off and combative and judgmental, I, I deeply long to, to live faithful and, and a solidarity. And, and I have lusts and laziness and, and different things within me that are at attention. I want to live a disciplined life, growing in maturity, learning. And then I scroll social media, just zone out or numb out or just take the easy road. 
the numbing road. Can you think of any others? Let, 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 me, just, let me just straight up. I know you're uncomfortable right now. I'm not going to shoot you. Can you think of attention? What's attention? Give me another one. Honest from your own life. Yeah, you want to be healthy and, and disciplined in what you eat and something, and then, man, that Halloween candy looks great. I want to not shoot my dad, who happens to be the pastor up here talking, but I still shoot him anyway. <laughs> what else? Home life. Man, when I come, I, I want to work really hard at work and then leave work at work. I'm making, and then when I come home, I want to be really present at home and be active, but sometimes those really, the tension against each other. Uh-huh. Got any others? I want to be present with my kids, and I want to get stuff done. Yeah. Tasks versus Relationships. I want to be generous and tithe, and I want some stuff. I want to use that money and get some, some of my own stuff. You can borrow my electric bike, Dad. These are fun. You got any others? Yeah, I want to tell the truth, but then I lie or I spin the truth or I don't. I'm not fully honest, so I can get what I want. Manipulate it. I want to love, I have a kid at my work who I want to love in capacity bigger than myself and love in Jesus' name, and I don't like him at all. Hmm. We live in tension, friends. We live in tension with what we want to be and what we often are, how we want to show up and then how we do show up. Today's scripture as we walk through life by the Spirit, today's scripture is going to cause us to confront this reality and also speak to its cure. So grab your Bibles and we go to Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. Paul writes, he says, so I walk, so I say, walk by the Spirit. And you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit. And the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another. So that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. We're going to look at three main terms in here. Th three main terms. The first one is flesh. 
The, the Greek word meaning flesh, it refers to the part of the human nature that causes people to put their own selfish needs ahead of everything else. Paul Holmberg is going to talk about this more next week. It's going to be, I'm excited for it. This is our sin nature. It's a slipping towards sin that all of us have in our very being. We're an authentic community, you guys. We, we, we commit. You guys did a good job when I came down here. You shared some stuff. But this isn't a place we hide. Not that we have to announce everything to everybody, but we're at least going to be honest with ourselves. You know what the flesh is. You know your carnal nature. This week, where did you struggle? With your own sin nature, with your flesh. What did that look like for you this week? Second term that I want us to look at in this scripture is law. The law. The law is the Old Testament answer to our sin problem, to our sinful nature. God gave the Jewish people 613 laws or rules to follow, which would make them righteous. That, that would put them in right relationship. With God and one another. Uh, another word that this would, if they follow these laws, if they follow the law, it would make them holy or whole. It's a biblical term, shalom. A, a oneness and integrated. There was one major problem with the law. No one could do it. We cannot be made holy, we cannot be made righteous, we cannot have relationship with God through moralistic behavioral modifications. We cannot be good enough. We stumble and we stumble often. I mean, if you struggle with like coming to church because of how you lived this week or some of the things you did or thought... You are missing what church is. This is a place where people come who admit their struggle. Who do not hide from their sinful tendencies and their sin nature. We all have the flesh. And that's what Jesus comes to set us free from those burdens. It's just the basic gospel, friends, that, that, that he came and he led this sinless life, this fleshless life, or this not giving in to the flesh life, and then died taking our culpability upon himself as, as an atoning sacrifice. For what we could not do. So what we need to do is recognize what we can't do and what Jesus has done. So we surrender. 
We don't do the law and try and follow all the rules. Instead, we surrender, we submit, we receive a gift we cannot earn, and that this is the beauty of the gospel. The good news upon which our faith hinges. If you have a Bible, there's uh, Romans chapter 8. Go back a couple books. I'm going to read verse 2. And even, don't, don't, don't keep reading this all now, but Romans 8 would be a great one for you to sit in this week. But Romans 8, 2 says it this way. Because through Jesus Christ, the law of the spirit of life Set me free from the law of sin and death. The law of the Spirit set me free from the law of sin and death. In order that the righteous requirements of the law, following all those rules, might be fully met in us, who do not live according to our sinful nature, but according to the Spirit. Not according to our sinful nature, but to the Spirit. God the Father sent Jesus to make a way for us to be right with God. Jesus then sent His Spirit to empower us to live in step with God's ways. And then the Spirit sends us to be about God's work in ways to be able to love people who we don't even like. And that we can't do in our own strength. Okay, a fourth, a third term. third term is the spirit. Isn't this cool? Law is one time in this scripture. Flesh is twice. Spirit is four times. Hmm. Who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? Instead of I've got some things for you, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about some of that, but I want to show you a video in answer to that. Um, the Bible Project is, is doing some of the best work of helping people understand the Bible and saying things, making things uh, done in a really studious and intelligent but clear way. So if you guys have never gone to this website, do the, the Bible Project. Is it .org or .com? Com. It, it is excellent, some excellent resources. But this morning, I'm going to show you one of their videos that, that's really answering the question, who is the Holy Spirit? So, let's watch it. If you've ever heard the phrase, the Holy Spirit, and you want to know what it means, where do you start? Well, you have to start on page one of the Bible, where the uncreated world is depicted as this dark, chaotic place, but then above the chaos, God's Spirit is there, hovering, ready to bring about life and order and beauty. Okay, but what is God's Spirit? Yeah, so the Spirit is the way the biblical authors talk about God's personal presence. 
the Hebrew word is ruach. Ruach. Yeah, you got to clear your throat at the end. So what is it? Well, ruach can refer to a number of different things, but what they all have in common is energy. Energy? How so? So there's an invisible energy that makes the clouds move or the tree branches sway. Right. Wind. So in Hebrew, that's ruach. Okay. Now take a big breath. <sighs> so you feel that inside you. Yeah, the air? Well, specifically the energy, right? The vitality in your body that you get from breathing deeply. That, too, is ruach. And this is the same word used in the Bible to describe God's personal presence. Just like wind and breath are invisible, God's spirit is invisible. Wind is powerful, and so God's spirit is powerful. And just as breath keeps us alive, so God's spirit sustains all of life. Yeah, ruach. Now, as we continue on in the story of the Bible, we see God's Ruach giving special empowerment to people for specific tasks. The first person in the Bible this happens to is Joseph. God's Spirit enables him to understand and interpret dreams. And then it happens to this guy named Bezalel, and he's an artist. God's Spirit empowers him with wisdom and skills. He's given creative genius to make beautiful things in the tabernacle. And we also see God's Ruach empower a group of people called the prophets. They're able to see what's happening in history from God's point of view. That's exactly right. And here's the problem as the prophets saw it. While God's Ruach had created a really good world, humans have given in to evil. They've unleashed chaos into it through their injustice. A new type of disorder. Yes, and the prophet said the spirit would come, just like in Genesis 1, but now to transform the human heart, to empower people to truly love God and others. How will this new act of God's spirit happen? Well, centuries pass and we are introduced to Jesus. And at the beginning of his mission, there's this beautiful scene where Jesus is being baptized in the waters of the Jordan River. Yeah, the sky opens up and God's spirit comes and rests on him like a bird. The story is saying that God's spirit is empowering Jesus to begin the new creation. And we see this happening when he heals people or forgives their sins. He's creating life where there once was death. Now, Israel's religious leaders oppose Jesus, and they eventually have him killed. But even here, God's spirit is at work. The earliest disciples of Jesus, who saw him alive from the dead, said it was God's energizing spirit that raised Jesus. This is the beginning of new creation. Yes, and it's still going. When Jesus appeared to his closest followers, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And soon after that, the Spirit powerfully comes on all of his disciples. So that they can become a part of this new creation and share the good news and learn how to live by the energy and influence of God's Spirit. And so today, the Spirit is still hovering in dark places. Yes, pointing people to Jesus, transforming and empowering them so they can love God and others. And the Christian hope is that the Spirit is going to finish the job. The story of the Bible ends with a vision of a new humanity living in a new world that's permeated with God's love and life-giving spirit. The Holy Spirit, the vitality. The person of God is the energy of God to empower you, to transform the human heart. God's Holy Spirit transforms and empowers. From the beginning of creation, I love this video because it doesn't start like Holy Spirit at Pentecost. 
It's from, from the beginning of creation. The Spirit of God hovers over the water and is active. And he didn't just end at Pentecost either. That he is living, residing, moving within you as a disciple of Jesus. Have you ever been baptized? And baptism, so many of us have. But baptism is this symbol of saying, okay, we, we go down under the water, we, we die to ourself, to our sinful nature and behaviors. We die to trying to do it our way and on our own. There's an identification like with the death of Christ. And even more so with the resurrection, the, the coming alive, dead to self, alive in Christ. And this baptism, even the picture of the baptism of when Jesus gets baptized, then, then the Holy Spirit comes on him and begins to give him power and strength to do what he cannot do on his own. Die to our sinful, carnal nature and alive in the indwelling power and presence of the Holy Spirit. Are you, are you a follower of Jesus? Like, are you a Christian? Are you a disciple? Have you made that decision? Then the Holy Spirit of God is in you. He is in you. He is in you. And the truest thing about you is not your carnal nature. But the vitality, the transformative power and energy of God within you. So when was the last time you experienced God's presence? Within you. Maybe he convicted you of sin, comforted you in distress, empowered you to love beyond your capacity. I went to, I went to a men's retreat a few weeks ago, and, and it was good. It was really good. And they have one part of this retreat where it's like all... Like, you know, men, like men, 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 men. And, uh, and then, and then we have one, one time and you go back and, and, and look at like God created man and woman in, and he created them in his image and said, hey, all of the masculine resides in God and all of the feminine resides in God. He says, sometimes, especially in men's retreats, we focus on all these masculine attributes, but God is also feminine and a nurturing and a caring and a tenderness. And so at this men's retreat, we say, let's push into some of the feminine aspects of God. And, uh, and then so it was great. They brought in some of their wives and came and started praying over these guys, and it's just like breaking these guys. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, all right, Lord, what do you, what am I to do here? And I sense God say, go lay down. 
And I'm like, hmm, okay. So I, I go over to the side of the room, and, uh, and I lay down on the floor. And then and he's like, yeah, but not like that. He says, like, curl up, like in the fetal position, like, like in the womb. Oh, God, there's all these guys around. We probably don't need to do that. <laughs> you know, he didn't tell me to suck my thumb. So I, went, <laughs> so I roll over, and I, and I kind of curl up. And, 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 and I feel two things. One, I feel like the presence of God like a blanket over me. And, and the spirit of God within me just like, like where my jaw, I just felt my jaw just loosen. My, my hips just loosen. There's a scripture David talks about, and he said, like a, like a weaned child against its mother's breast, so my soul is within me. And I felt like this deep rest from the Spirit of God within me and over me. Now, that's kind of an extreme. It's real, but I'm, I'm not like, like, that's not the marker of what it should look like every day, right? Of, of when I ask you, where did you experience? When was the last time you experienced God's active presence in your life? I think a good and a fair question would be, how do we experience God's active presence in our lives? How do we overcome the, the tension of, of of the carnal nature, the sin nature, and the desire to just be self-absorbed and do whatever I want. And this Spirit of God called me to be about things bigger than myself and give of myself, even beyond my own capacities. How does that happen? Get your rubber band again. Because I think the how is even at tension, Okay. I'm going to give you, how do you experience God's presence? And even in this verse, it's going to have tension in it. The first example is I want to highlight right up top, walk by the Spirit. Paul says, walk by the Spirit. This is an active discipline. It's, a, it's like working out. It's like our pursuit of God. Walk by the Spirit. Uh, there was a man named Sitting Bull who was a Sioux spiritual leader. And, uh, and they, he, he said a line one time. He said, inside of me there are two dogs. One is mean and evil. The other is good. They fight each other all the time. They said, someone asked him, which one wins? And he, he sat for a minute, and he said, the one I feed the most. Seek God's empowerment and do it. Walk by the Spirit. The Greek word for walk means get up off your butt and walk, like 
take a step. God, what are you calling me to, and, and, and am I doing it? If you struggle with bitterness because someone's hurt you, walk by the Spirit by practicing prayers of forgiveness. So God, even though I don't want to, even though I'm not ready, even though I speak forgiveness, and I pray forgiveness. If you are wrestling with fear, walk by the Spirit and claim the truth of Scripture. Perfect love casts out all fear. God, I get stuck in that which is not true. Let, let, let me speak and lean into what is. If you are fighting lust, walk by the Spirit by confessing. Bring it into the light, in the light of friendship. Talk to a friend. Spirit of God, help me to do this. I need to, I need to not sit in darkness and hiding, but to bring into the light. Let me, let me take a step. Walk. It's like, it's like working out. It's like, hey, the Holy Spirit is in you like a weight set in your house. And if you never pick up the weights and use it, it's going to be atrophy. Walk. What is God nudging you to do? What is he calling you to do? I, I sometimes wonder, like, what if God wanted to do a huge miracle through me? Like, you're healed. I don't, I'd be like, if I felt God, like, tell me, hey, go pray for that person. I think I'd be like, oh, that might be weird. What if that doesn't happen? I don't, God, just go heal. Like, no, go do it. Step out. If you're wondering in your life what decision is right, you're looking at A or B or C or D. Walk by the Spirit. Seek God's counsel and wisdom. Read the scriptures. Pray. Talk with friends. And then step in a direction. Walking is taking a step. Stepping out is action-oriented. We're not willing our way to righteousness. We're not moralizing our way out of sin. We're not looking to self-generate holiness. Our transformation rests on God's work and presence within us, but we got to take a step. Action. Action. Now, the second way of how do we experience God's work in us, we gotta, we got to move to action, but also... Look at this other, at the, at the end of the scripture, live in the spirit. Walk by the spirit of, and, and be led. Be led by the spirit. God, I want to be led. You cannot self-generate the spirit's leading in your life. It's kind of like after we work out really good. You know what you have to do to really help your muscles then to regenerate? Go to sleep. You've got, you've got to surrender. You work hard, and then you let go. You let go. It's an active receiving. The, the first one was like about our pursuit of God. Walk in the Spirit. Do what He's calling you to do. Take steps. Actively pursue God. But then the second one, receive, is actually about God's pursuit of us. God is pursuing you. 
He is longing to, to help you live more in step with him and, and be more integrated and whole. Be led by the Spirit, not your mind, your heart, your will, his leading within you to rest in him, to let go, to receive. Like maybe he just says, hey, I need you to just lay down and receive. Phil Bright, the founder of Crew, used to, he called it spiritual breathing. Say, man, I just need to sit and take deep breaths. God, your vitality and your energy and your truth, I bring in the truth of who you are. I blow out my selfishness, my sinful inclinations. I need to receive. I need to be led by you. So here's what we're going to do this morning. We are going to sit for five minutes and let God pursue us. We are going to sit for five minutes. We're going to rest. We're going to receive. I'm going to ask John and the band to come up. If, if you're not a, a Christian and not a follower of Jesus, um, this could be a great time for you. And who knows, maybe even God is nudging you and you, you will hear him speaking to you. Lay down your life. Stop letting just your carnal nature lead you. Receive his forgiveness and his spirit. If you are a believer, maybe become aware. Lord, help us be more aware of your presence within us. That you transform you move us towards holiness and wholeness, freedom and power, transformation. Let's, we're going to bring the house lights down a little bit. And I'm going to ask John to, John, why don't you just play some, some kind of little music? Spirit within us. Your pursuit of us. Speak to us.
listen to what the Lord says about you and about him. This is Isaiah 43. But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you. He who created you. He who formed you. And God says, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I am your redeemer. And I have summoned you by name. I have called you by name. I know your name. And you are mine. You belong to me. I made you. When you pass through the waters, when life gets hard, I will be with you. I am with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. I am with you. And when it gets real hard and you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Why? Because I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I am your Savior. Have you made Jesus your Savior? That's what he wants. He is the one that saves us and rescues us. Jesus, I give my life to you. I surrender to you. Come and call me by name. Come and let you know, let me know that you love me. Be my savior. Rescue me from my sin. Redeem me. Breathe your your life into me, your breath. Breathe your breath into me, Holy Spirit. I'm tired of being dead. I want to be alive. I give you my life, Jesus. Come to the fountain, 
your heart in the stream of life Let the pain and sorrow Let it be washed away In the waves of His mercy His deep cries out to thee Come Lord Jesus
talking, doing a sermon, and I'm talking about sin nature and carnal nature in the flesh, I could, you guys were dialed in, and we're ending with communion, and I, I want to say this, the truest thing about you is not your sinfulness, okay, that, 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 God's pursuit, his love for you, and what, what we stand here is Jesus saying, no, I'll take it. You don't have to. I, I, I will take it. You can't do the law. Don't lie yourself, even with your sinful nature, and shaming yourself. The freedom of God through the atoning sacrifice of Jesus Christ, who then gives his Holy Spirit in us, not so we can all of a sudden be moralistic or create a new law, but so we can rest in his power and he transforms our lives so then we're sent out to love in ways bigger than we're capable. And it hinges on what Jesus did for us, which we could not do for ourselves. This is communion. So, so grab, grab the wafer, feel the weight of Feel that weight. It's okay to feel that weight of your sin and that tension. But his 
body that was given for your sin. Take it, eat it, receive it. And he looks you straight in the eye and he makes a promise that the the juice is a symbol of the blood, which is his covenant, his promise. This is what is most true. Do not believe a lie from the enemy. This is what is most true. You are in me and I am in you. Take and drink. Uh, so Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, thank you for this morning, for the joy of worshiping together, connecting with one another, God, for the penetrating truth of your word that divides us and opens us, it's your Holy Spirit who resides within us. We are not having some religious moment with the lights down that then we go out and forget about. Because we walk into the daylight of this gorgeous day. Your spirit is with us. As we get in the car, as we drive to lunch or to home, as we wake and we go to work. God, do your work in us. Lead us to conviction and confession and motivate us and move us towards kindness gentleness and love we love you and we are grateful for you amen amen it's been great being together today church have a great week